You're listening to DraftKings Network. It's time to eat. What are you hungry for? Sit down and get ready to consume an abundance of fantasy football knowledge from Ross Tucker and Joe Dolan. Feed me now! I'm On the Fantasy Feast Eating Podcast. Yeah, let's beat, baby. It is the show that's so nice. We do it twice. It's the Fantasy Feast Eating Podcast, of course, presented by DraftKings. This is episode number two. Hopefully most of you already checked out episode number one, either on your audio podcast platform or DK Network or YouTube.com slash Ross Tucker NFL. You can check me out on social media. I am Ross Tucker, former NFL offensive lineman at Ross Tucker. NFL on social media. He's Joe Dolan at FG underscore Dolan, the fantasy gangsta from fantasypoints.com. All you need to do is go to fantasypoints.com, use the code 23FEAST. Joe, we got to dive right into it. No buys this week. It's the Patriots at the Giants. As of us recording this Wednesday morning, I guess we don't know who the Patriots quarterback is. It also doesn't matter. I mean, Ross, you said no buys. We have a fixed we have a fixed amount of time that we can talk about uh, each of these games here. Um, I don't care if it's Bailey Zappi. I don't care if it's Mac Jones. Which of these Patriot receivers are you actually playing? I mean, I think it's probably a good thing that Pop Douglas, even with Mac Jones' struggles, went for 84 yards against the Colts in Germany. But here's the problem. 30 of that came on an end of the first half play where the Colts were not focused on stopping him for minimal yardage. They were just focused on stopping him short of the end zone, which is what they did. Um, The Patriots, the the Patriot you can play is Ramondre Stevenson. He's an RB two and that's about it. Uh, Maybe they fix something during the bye. Uh, I'll believe it when I see it. How about the New York giants, Joe, Tommy DeVito actually did some good things. Hey, Tommy, that's pretty good the other day. I saw you on TV the other day. You played good. <laughs> hey, uh, yeah, uh, somebody told him to go get his shine box, and he did not respond very uh, well to that. Uh, he ended up he ended up throwing a couple haymakers at the commanders. And, look, Tommy DeVito doesn't care if the Giants stink. You, you know the Giants stink. I know the Giants stink. Tommy DeVito, maybe deep down, he knows the Giants stink. But all Tommy DeVito wants to, to do is throw – it's put good tape out there so he can extend his NFL career. Ross, you you know you know what it's like grinding to try to stay on a roster, you know, get that pension, you know, your health care and all that stuff. Tommy DeVito wants to stick in the NFL, and that was a good step forward for him. Darius Slayton's hurt. The only thing I have here is the superlatives for Saquon Barkley. Just like continuing to put numbers up in a horrible situation. Maybe they get some offensive linemen back. Really, there's one guy here you play, and it's Saquon, and he's in your lineup pretty much no matter what, um, which makes this Giants team pretty easy to talk about from a fantasy perspective. They have one guy, and it's one guy who you definitely start, which is better than I can say about the Patriots. Carolina's at Tennessee. Joe, how many guys are starting in this game? Oh, my Atlanta. Um, Adam Thielen. I'm starting for the Carolina Panthers. And look, Carolina actually ran the ball okay against Dallas last week. But again, empty calories. Chuba Hubbard had 10 carries for 57 yards and he had two catches for eight yards. So if you started him, all right, you got 
8.5 fantasy points out of him. All right, I'll take that as a flex. Miles Sanders back from uh, his sabbatical. He gets uh, 11 carries for 50 yards. I'm not starting him. Chuba Hubbard's a weak flex. Adam Thielen's a wide receiver three at this point. I think Tennessee's a much better matchup for Bryce Young than obviously Dallas is, uh, but I'm not terribly excited about starting anyone from the league worst Carolina Panthers. What about for the Titans? Yeah, Titans had a really strange game last week. They punted just four times. Will Levis was sacked just twice. He went 13-17 for 158 yards, so he's averaging over nine yards per pass attempt, two touchdowns. He doesn't throw a pick. They averaged 6.2 yards per play to Jacksonville's 5.6, lost by 20, and ran just 38 offensive plays. I really have no idea how that happened. They had a couple of fumbles in the first half, and I guess their two touchdowns came in the second half when they were down big. But I don't understand how they ran so few plays with with metrics that actually ended up looking pretty good. They had a couple of penalties here. But nonetheless, DeAndre Hopkins ended up coming through for you. Uh, it, unfortunately for Derrick Henry, um, they were behind, and Derrick Henry is not in good game is not a good fantasy play when they're behind. Tennessee's in a matchup here against Carolina at home where they're favored. So this is, in theory, a good week to use Derrick Henry. The Panthers seeded a touchdown run to Tony Pollard last week. That was Tony Pollard's first touchdown run since week one. He looked awesome on that run. He did. I mean, he exploded. That was awesome. Uh, that, right. was, uh, that was 10 weeks of frustration for Tony Pollard is what that hey, was. Hey, I'm curious about these next two teams, Joe. You got the Rams, mm -hmm. and they've got their own injury issues they're working through against the Cardinals, who I'm not quite sure what to, what to say or do about them right now. So the Rams, um, first and foremost, they cut Daryl Henderson. What a cruel world, man. Daryl Henderson comes in, fills in for you, does a half-decent job for fantasy. Um, even though he had six carries for one yard last week, and he did score a touchdown, and he also caught four passes for 28 yards, and Matthew Stafford missed him on what would have been a big game down the sideline, and then they cut Daryl Henderson because, because Kyron Williams is ready to come back. With Kyron, I would say be a little bit careful because I think they probably like a little bit of what Royce Freeman has given them. Uh, so I wonder if there might be a little bit of a rotation here to keep Kyron Williams from going nuts the way he did in the early part of the season. But I think you can plug him in as a flex and hope that they go back to him the way that they did uh, in before he got injured. And then obviously there's the – I'm burying the lead here because Cooper Cup has an ankle injury. Um, it looks like he's got an opportunity maybe to go. Nonetheless, uh, even if he does go, I'm upgrading Puka Nakua because you would think he's healthier. Puka Nakua with Matthew Stafford has been a must-start player, and I will continue to start Puka Nakua with or without Cooper Cup in this game. You know, Jaws, a little disappointed in the Cardinals. They got off to a good start with Kyler Murray throwing that ball to Rondell Moore, and Kyler looked like he's running around. Man, they had so many chances against yeah. the Texans with Stroud throwing those three picks. So many times... They were in Texans territory, fourth down. They just could not could not get done. Kyler did have the rushing touchdown. Uh, it didn't seem like it was a big game for James Conner. Talk to me about the Cardinals. Yeah, so the one thing that I think a lot of folks are probably disappointed in the last couple weeks with the Cardinals is Marquise Brown, Hollywood Brown, catching just three passes the last two weeks total with Kyler Murray back in the lineup. But the one thing I would point out, in week 10 against the Falcons, he drew a matchup with A.J. Terrell, which is one of the true 
the few true few true uh, let's say that 10 times fast one of the few true shadow corner situations in the league um he's a tough matchup for anybody and in your first game back with your quarterback you know not the greatest of draws meanwhile houston he had that matchup last week and you might remember kyler murray throwing him a deep ball which was tracked and intercepted beautifully by Derek stingley who was returning to the the texans lineup so one really bad matchup for Marquise Brown and one sneaky bad matchup for Marquise Brown. I don't know if I view the Rams as the kind of matchup where I'm terribly scared uh, of their secondary. DK Metcalf, 5 for 94 in a touchdown last week. Tyler Lockett, 5 for 51 on on basically a half half snap share because he was playing through a hamstring injury. I wouldn't be surprised if Hollywood Brown has his first good game with Kyler Murray back in the lineup this week against the Rams. I like it. Um, let's get to a game I'm really looking forward to. I mean, maybe it might not be a huge fantasy one, but Browns and the Broncos. Although Cortland Sutton, man, it's like he scored a touchdown every game. Uh, he's Russ's guy, and I, I, I was out on Cortland Sutton this year, but he has proven me wrong. And look, here is what Russell Wilson is right now. And this is probably good coaching. I don't think the Broncos are getting the version of Russell Wilson that they thought they were getting, but he's managing the game and he's taking care of the football. And they're winning football games because of it. So if Russ is buying into that, he's not going around playing hero ball. He still holds on to the ball too long every now and again, but that's I don't think you can coach that out of him. He's distributing the ball well. He's checking it down when he needs to to McLaughlin or P. Ryan. P. Ryan's been a massive check down uh, merchant. And they're handing the ball to Javante Williams. So there's really two guys I feel good about playing for the Broncos. That being uh, Cortland Sutton and Javante Williams. Obviously, the Browns' defense is nasty. You can maybe throw Jerry Judy in there, but the Browns are good in the slot, so I'm not sure it's a great matchup for, for Jerry Judy. But Russell Wilson's taking care of the football, and he's managing the game, and the Broncos' defense is starting to come to play. Great job by Sean Payton being patient there because I think there might, there might be 10, to, 10 or more head coaches in the league who would have fired Vance Joseph on the spot after they gave up 70 to Miami. Uh, Sean Payton stuck with them, and now the Broncos' defense is playing at a pretty high level. Yeah, I think that's a fair point. I think he deserves a lot of credit for that. What about what about the Browns? Obviously, their defense is outrageous. Offensively, with DTR, what who yeah. if anybody's usable for the Browns, Joe? Um, well, look at their backfield against the Steelers. It's a split, which is not great. Now, at least they gave Jerome Ford. The goal line carry, he hadn't been getting those. Kareem Hunt had been getting all of those. But I think both their running backs are kind of flexes. The guy who really stood out to me was, I guess Dorian Thompson Robinson subscribes to the old adage that the tight end is the security blanket for uh, the quarterback because David Njoku had 15 targets in that game and a couple of drops, and he called himself out. I would, would not be surprised if they go back to David Njoku uh, in this matchup. This is going to be a brutal draw for Amari Cooper because you presume Patrick Sertan is going to follow him. And with DTR throwing the football, um, not a great week to use Amari Cooper. Ross, I just want to highlight one stat in this wild NFL season. The Cleveland Browns, and believe me, look, what, Deshaun Watson played, what, five full games this year? And we've also said... 
he hadn't even been playing all that great in those five full games. He had some moments, but he wasn't great. How about this stat? The Cleveland Browns are 7-3. and three. Same record as the Kansas City Chiefs in the AFC. Cleveland is 13th in scoring in the league. Kansas City is 14th. The Cleveland Browns, who we've been complaining all season about this offense is going to waste this defense, have scored more points than the Kansas City Chiefs, and they haven't had Patrick Mahomes for all of their games. What a wild NFL season this has been thus far. I didn't know where you're going with that. Yeah, they've that scored is more crazy. points than the Chiefs. Yeah. I, I, wow. like looking at the leader, they are they are averaging 22.7 points per game. The Chiefs are averaging 22.5. Unbelievable. Man, I was that's not exactly and, that's not where I thought you were going to go. And by the that. way, right behind the Chiefs are the Broncos at 21.7. Hey, if you're feeling good about your fantasy draft picks but not sure what to eat, make it easy on yourself. Order in on DoorDash. Now you can root for your squad while your food and drinks are on the way. Yeah, that means burgers, chips, dip, soda, pizza, wings, so much more delivered straight to your door. You got to have something, Joe, to wash it down. You know that. Labat Blue Light. Why not? Drink some Labat Blue Lights with your friends and live life to the power of we. Always enjoy responsibly beer. Labat USA. Buffalo, New York. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. Joe, let's get to the Chiefs who you were just talking about. And they're scoring against the Raiders. <laughs> Raiders. Uh Ross, I have no idea. Hey, hey, I'm not one to kink shame, you know? You can be into whatever you're into, right? But I still don't... I don't kink shame, but sometimes I don't understand people's kinks. What is Andy Reid's obsession with bad wide receivers? He did it in Philly. It took them five years of bad wide receiver play in Philly to get Donovan McNabb a good one. They had a great one in Kansas City. They traded him away. The difference here is they won a Super Bowl because Patrick Mahomes is all-time great level, and Donovan McNabb is Hall of Very Good. But Kansas City's wide receivers are atrocious. I mean, obviously, look, Valdez Scantling drops that pass, I know, but they don't have anybody getting open. And here's the problem. Look, credit to Justin Watson, who, if you're in a deeper league, by the way, you can pick up Justin Watson because he's the guy Mahomes trusts the most here. But if Justin Watson's getting 11 targets, there's something fundamentally wrong with your passing game. And we saw that against Philadelphia. I mean, Mahomes goes for 177 on 43 pass attempts. That's DTR-level numbers. Compare, we just compared the Browns' offense to the Chiefs. Yeah, 177 on 43 pass attempts, DTR-level. And obviously, Patrick Mahomes has a long enough track record where we're not, gonna, we're not going to say, oh, he's fallen off. No, we understand that the wide receivers here are a massive, massive problem. I don't understand why they don't get Rasheed Rice more targets because I still think he's the best of these receivers, but Kansas City has a problem right now. I don't think it's going to matter, though, this week because I think the Raiders' defense, with the exception of Max Crosby, um, I think this is an exploitable defense, and I think Patrick Mahomes, 
is probably going to take out his frustrations after two consecutive games of under 200 yards passing on this team. Uh, I think uh, I think Patrick Mahomes is going to go for 250-plus in this game, which is a conservative projection, but... Well, considering he hasn't topped 200, 250 passing yards since all the way since that 400-yard game against the Chargers, who have their own defensive problems, um, I, I maybe that's not as maybe that's a more bold prediction than it sounds like. Travis Kelsey frustrated by the fumble for sure, but I think you start Mahomes, you start Kelsey, and you start Isaiah Pacheco, and nobody else here right now. Well, I agree with you about Rasheed Rice. I think that they should get him the ball more. I thought that's what they were trying to do. What about, Joe, the Raiders on offense? Aiden O'Connell trying to get the ball to his guys. Hey, look, that's all we asked for. I'm not expecting Aiden O'Connell to be good. I'll, I, I I want him to throw the ball to their good players and hand the ball to Josh Jacobs. He hands the ball to Josh Jacobs, who struggled against Miami, and he threw the ball to Devontae Adams, who didn't struggle too much against Miami. Those are the two Raiders you can play. You have to start them both, and uh, outside of that, just Jacoby Myers is a bench guy right now. Let's get to some of these juicier matchups. How about the Bills at the Eagles? I'm I'm curious, Joe, when you look at the Bills in their first game with Joe Brady as the OC, what did you notice? What's different? What changes did he make and what how relevant is it from a fantasy perspective? Well, the one thing I definitely noticed is James Cook tied his season high with 21 opportunities. And I think James Cook has been really good all season long. And Ken Dorsey or Sean McDermott, whoever, um, I think, I think Ross, I don't know what you've heard, but I think Sean McDermott's had his thumb on the scale very heavily in Buffalo. Um, he's the head coach, and he takes that responsibility seriously. But James Cook was a really effective player for them against uh, the Jets going for over 100 yards from scrimmage and a touchdown. The Chiefs ran the ball very well on the Eagles, and we know the Eagles have had an excellent run defense this year. The Eagles also played a lot of dime against the Chiefs, which is something they did not do in the Super Bowl last year, Um, and they had a lot more success doing it under their new coordinator. But also, as you well know, Ross, you're an offensive lineman. I'm sure you'd much rather block a safety than a linebacker. So there's certainly certainly things that you can do against Dime, and I wonder if the Eagles come out and play a little bit more Dime against Buffalo. I don't know if they're going to view Buffalo as, as being that kind of a matchup, but if they do, maybe James Cook has some success on the ground. I do anticipate Stephon Diggs, who's got to be frustrated with two consecutive down games, having a better showing against the Eagles. The Eagles secondary had struggled this year. They got... Bradley Roby back and Kevin Byard obviously played a good game uh, with the interception. The Eagles coming out of the bye shored up some things in their secondary, but the Chiefs just simply did not have wide receivers to challenge them. I do wonder if Stefan Diggs has uh, has a big game up his sleeve. Um, and I don't know how you feel good about playing Gabe Davis, by the way. He was out there in week 11. He played 100% of the snaps and didn't get a target. He was out there running wind sprints. What about Shakir? Uh, Shakir is a guy now. Look, in the slot against Bradley Roby, it's a tougher matchup than what the Eagles have been throwing out there uh, after Avante Maddox got hurt. Bradley Roby, of course, you might remember, forced the fumble against Travis Kelsey. So he is obviously a good player for them. I don't think I'd be starting Shakir. He had the 81-yard touchdown on which there was a little bit of a give-up for the Jets' defense, but... 
he is certainly somebody who should be added in most formats in case that this is a guy that Joe Brady views as a key part of his offense going forward. Let's talk Eagles, Joe, because it's interesting. Obviously, they won the game, and DeAndre Swift had a good game, Devontae Smith, but the A.J. Brown, people have A.J. Brown on their team. Yikes, and that's kind of that's part of the deal with the Eagles. It is, um, and that, that Chief defense is really freaking good, by the way, which I think is what's frustrating Chief Chief fans the most in as much as you can be frustrated as a chief fan the fact that their offense which is the thing you certainly don't worry about is now holding this defense back um aj brown you might have saw the animated conversation with him on the sidelines with jalen hurts on jalen hurts's interception in the first half there was a miscommunication jalen hurts is said said he threw the ball to where aj brown was supposed to be based on the route concept but aj brown said as a smart receiver should, he noticed that there was no safety help. So A.J. Brown was cutting that route upfield for a walk-in touchdown, and Jalen Hurts called it as it was. They'll get that worked out. I expect that the the Eagles are going to feed A.J. Brown in this game against Buffalo. You, look, here, the Eagles are the Eagles. You play Hurts, you play Swift, you play Devontae Smith, and you play A.J. Brown, and when Dallas Goddard plays, you play him. I don't know if Goddard's going to be back this week. They didn't put him on IR. I wouldn't anticipate he's back this week, but certainly the Eagles remain a narrow fantasy team. And just like the 49ers, that means you have to accept every now and again one of your studs is going to have a dud. In football, Joe, the fourth quarter is where the magic happens. We're getting into the fourth quarter of this podcast and in football, it's where games are won, where champions are made. In business, it's where sales teams become legends. That's why HubSpot built Sales Hub, to give sales reps the deal-making tools they need to win their Q4. Sales Hub's prospecting workspace organizes your schedule, goals, and to-do list in one place to save your team precious fourth-quarter time. And smart sequences help sales reps close deals faster than ever. So get ready to dominate Q4 with Sales Hub. Learn more at HubSpot.com slash sales. Joe, we're talking Ravens without Andrews and the Chargers. So the one thing I want to mention with the Ravens is is Isaiah Likely. People are going to be picking up Isaiah Likely. And last year, Isaiah Likely played two games without Mark Andrews in the lineup. He averaged 13.9 PPR fantasy points per game in those two games which obviously would make him a hammer tight end one. And in the games Mark Andrews did play, he averaged 4.5, which means he was useless. This year, he's played two games either without Mark Andrews or with Mark Andrews missing the majority of the game and likely he's caught one pass for four yards. There is a new offensive coordinator, Todd Monken. So I wonder if maybe likely isn't as good in this offense I still, though, am going to lean on what I saw last year and say Isaiah likely is a viable tight end one this week, but the presence of Charlie Kohler does worry me a little bit. I picked up Isaiah likely in my leagues where I had Mark Andrews. I picked him up. Um, I'm going to start him this week, but I'm a little concerned about how much he struggled in week one without Andrews and certainly with Andrews uh, missing the majority of their last game. So I'm a little concerned about that. From a Baltimore Ravens perspective, Keaton Mitchell did nothing in that game. I know people were starting him. I just think there was a little bit of a shell shock um, for the Ravens losing Andrews early. Odell Beckham's got a shoulder injury, so you have to watch him. Um, it'll be interesting to see which of these wide receivers, if any, steps up for Lamar Jackson. What about the Chargers, Joe? Well, 
I talked on yesterday's podcast about how it looked like Austin Eckler had a refrigerator on his back at the end of his 32-yard run. I am certainly concerned about that. Nonetheless, I have to start uh, Austin Eckler because how can you sit him? It's really Keenan Allen and Justin Herbert and Austin Eckler right now. Quentin Johnston had the brutal drop. Uh, I don't know which one was worse, his or Marquez Valdez-Scantlings, but it was certainly a terrible drop that would have, at the very least, gotten the Chargers into field goal range. I don't know if if Justin Herbert's going to trust him going forward. Um, Once again, injuries have blown the Chargers apart, and the Chargers need, uh, need offense because their defense can't stop anybody. So uh, I'm thinking a huge game for Lamar Jackson is in, is in stow in this game. Last one, Joe. It's Monday night. It's the Bears and the Vikings. Look, I mean, Justin Fields, criticize him all you want, and I certainly have plenty to criticize about his horrible pocket presence on that game-ending fumble sack. Uh, but he ran for 104 yards, his first 100-yard game of the season, and he unlocks DJ Moore. DJ Moore averages over 15 average depth of target with Justin Herbert. Uh, with Justin Fields, rather, it was at just 10 with Tyson Bajan. So DJ Moore is the is a guy you just feel comfortable starting with Justin Fields, who's a viable QB1. Watch this backfield because Deontay Foreman is injured. I don't know who I feel better about starting. Probably Khalil Herbert, but there is a chance that uh, Rashawn Johnson cuts into his work. What about for the Vikings? Well, we'll see about Justin Jefferson. They seem non-committal, but for the Vikings right now, um, Ty Chandler looks better than Alexander Madison, but Madison looked good in that game against Denver as well. Josh Dobbs is a viable QB1, and you have to play TJ Hawkinson and Jordan Addison. Check him out on social media at FG underscore Dolan. I'm at Ross Tucker NFL. You can always find us YouTube.com slash Ross Tucker NFL. I'm Stuff. We're done. Happy Thanksgiving, everybody. Thanks for tuning in to Fantasy Feast. Make sure to also check out the Ross Tucker Football Podcast, Even Money, and College Draft, all on the DraftKings Network, YouTube, or subscribe to the podcast on your favorite platform.